Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And here we go. Hello, hello, everyone. This is the Life Autistic Podcast with me, Ryan Summers. Welcome to this episode of the show. We have my buddy Drew here, the producer, with us as usual. And uh, all the way from the West Coast, I believe, uh, Jessica is joining us. She's a, a life coach who works with executives and does various other fascinating things that we'll be discussing today. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Right on. So um, yeah, well, we're, we really appreciate you taking the time. Um, for people who have been listening to the show, uh, this is The Life Autistic. Um, I am, gosh, 44 now and just received my autist, autism diagnosis uh, just about three months ago after a whole life of uh, wondering what the fuck is wrong with me. So uh <laughs> Yes. So on the show, we like to um, just talk to different people, different um, adults who uh, are autistic and living the life autistic and then talk about your experiences. So um, we've, I don't know how we got in touch, I guess through some kind of, I think I saw you in one of the autism Facebook groups or something Mm -hmm. maybe. And, and, uh, and um, I I saw you, uh, had some photos where you were interviewing people or something. And I went, oh, okay, yeah. you look like you'd be comfortable on a microphone. So I yeah. should come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, do you want to tell us a little bit about like who you are and where you're from and, and, uh, and then we'll yeah. kind of get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, like you said, um, my name is Jessica West and I am a life coach and I work with executives and um, 
helping them grow their businesses and entrepreneurs and their startups. Um, and then um, I lived here in California in the Los Angeles area. And um, prior to that, I lived in Texas, but most of my childhood was spent in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right on. So that's, cool. Very cool. Uh, Lots of sunshine. Yeah. yeah and it, we kind of have a weird sense of like the year because it's sunny always. Mm. It really rains. Yeah. So. Not like here in Canada right now where it's like uh, calf shin deep snow outside and freezing right. cold. But um, yeah. Uh, so for you, you are autistic. Do you. W- I forget. I know we kind of chatted back and forth a bit. Was this a, an adult diagnosis or a childhood diagnosis for you? Yeah. So very recently, like you, I just okay. figured this out. And um, actually, it wasn't even for me. I started to, I was literally complaining to my therapist one day. I'm like, my daughter takes the longest time in the showers. And you know, she's complaining about my teenager. And so I'm like, weird things about like textures and habits that she has around the house and she's like you know she sounds like she's autistic and I was like what how can that be so on the path to figuring out what was going on with her I was like oh this is me this is completely me and so we went through I didn't go through a formal diagnosis but I did all the online assessments and went over them with my therapist and she said if you pursue a formal diagnosis she said you will most likely get it because she said it's very yeah. clear. Um, so I don't, for me right now, I don't feel like the yeah. need to have that. It was almost just like a sigh of relief. Like, yeah. Oh, I understand why I am like I am. So gotcha. yeah. Yeah. I can cool. relate to that too. I, 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 yeah. Like I guess coming up on about two years ago now, I, I, um, after, yeah, like I said, a whole lifetime of all these different things and what the heck is wrong and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I finally, I had always had, not always, but for a long time had thought, like I related to, I would read articles written by people with, uh, you know, Asperger's or high functioning autism, as it was called at the time. And I would read these articles and just go, ah, this, I, I really relate to this. Like this, I, I feel like I could have written this, but for some reason I still kind of went like, I didn't fully get into it. Does that make sense? And then yeah, yeah. About two years ago, I started to really read about it and research. Cause I was like, I got to figure this out. And then it was like, all of a sudden everything just went, I was like, yep, everything is now making sense. Right. Um, when you look back at your own childhood, do you see things now like that you saw in your daughter and you look back at your own childhood and go, oh, okay, that makes sense now? Not really because our personalities are so different. So I think it manifests a little differently. Um, with me, I was a really introverted kid. She's not. Yeah. She's very outgoing. And I was really, I had a hard time making friends. I was so clumsy. I was always in my head, like the quiet kid in the back. Didn't yeah. talk to anybody. Um, and I always had trouble reading. Mm. Like, not really. Like, I could read, but I would read it a couple times before I could really get what it said. So, and I didn't know that that was abnormal. Like, I was mm-hmm. managing all these things not knowing that there was an issue. But then there was like subtle things like, you know, my mom was a super perfectionist. So, and I was adopted. So, um, it was always sort of like, 
why can't you be outgoing like the other kids? Why can't you do this like the other kids or that? And it was just very like, I always like thought there was something wrong with me. But I, this was so empowering because actually nothing's wrong with me. I just <laughs> am who I am and actually doing a really good job, all things considered. So nice. Yeah. Cool. Did you, um, like at the time have anybody when you were a kid say like, Hey, is there something going on here? Or we need to check this out or that out or anything like that? Or Mm-mm. No. no, when, um, well, you know, I'm the same age as you. So exactly. I don't even know that they diagnosed us back then unless yeah. it was a really, you know, severe, severe, I even hate to say that severe case. So there's just such a spectrum of like different. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I think we, learn i learned to like adapt mask to my environment to fit in because i did know that i was different so i didn't want to be different i wanted to be like everybody else so i learned to socially adjust the best i could so i think even if a teacher would have said there might be something it didn't look like it on the surface yeah so yeah that's a big thing too i think Mm -hmm. a couple things you said there like one where yeah, at that when we were kids in like elementary school, uh, yeah. If if it, I hate, I I'm always careful of the terms because I wanted mm-hmm. to say like you, like I think unless it was really severe. But I know there's a lot of um, I don't know what to say around talk in Backlash. using those types of terms right now. But yeah, I think you're right. If you were you know what what they call high functioning, you could a lot you know like me, you you sort of mask and adapt and learn how to fit in and i know for me it was a big thing about just uh safety just feeling safe not getting beaten up i would just try to be friends with um the kids who didn't get beaten up so so that i could not get beaten (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah for sure um yeah it's it's uh i think i my my older brother said to me one time in, in adulthood he he's a he works in schools. He's a teacher. And he said, he's like, you know, if you were going through the school system now, like you would have been identified, but, but uh, back then it just wasn't really happening as much. Um, Mm -hmm. So what about when you get into like your teen years and stuff, are you still just quiet fitting in or are you at any point, did you maybe see a movie or read a, read an article or something with someone autistic and kind of go, huh, I wonder what, if there's something there. Mm-mm. No, I didn't really ever know much about autism. I was that's something I've been very ignorant about, and I still really feel because it's also new to me. I still feel yeah. like there's a big learning curve ahead of me to really understand it and learn the right terms and yeah. really what it means. Um, but I think in hindsight, I think where I probably would have because I did really well for academically as far as getting good grades. I didn't study much; things just came easy yeah yeah. um but when I went to university that's when I really started struggling because I could not retain the information like I literally could not understand like how people were studying for such a short amount of time taking these exams and passing them and I'm like I studied for hours on end took notes didn't miss class and I cannot get it to stick Mm -hmm. so um that was a really big struggle but again, I just thought there was something wrong with me. I didn't think that it was autism. I didn't even know autism was a thing back then. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, on the flip side of that, 
I think it made me work harder because I didn't know. So I thought, okay, well, especially my mom always like, why can't you be like everybody else? It was just like, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. So I think in a sense, I would say I'm glad I didn't know because I don't know that I would have been as ambitious to achieve some of the things I have achieved because like back then it's like okay you're supposed to be like a doctor lawyer banker according to your family or Mm. you know society whatever so Mm. I was interested in the banking end of it so you know I went for it and I got in with a really amazing bank and I worked there Mm. for five years and you know it's like but even thinking back on that you know getting ready for this it was like a super serious culture and I remember one thing my boss always said was like, you are such a bright light. Like there's just such a youthful, like happiness about you. Like no matter mm. what, but like you're just like, happy. And, um, you know, there were many things that I feel like I struggled with, like, you know, organizationally a bit, but, um, yeah. as far as the numbers and the OCD sort of levels of things in that field, it was really, um, a good fit. So, I didn't even have anything professionally really stand out in a in a negative way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How were you? How were you in the office environment? Was that okay for you? Or well, the fortunate thing for me is that a lot of what I did was in a headquarters environment, and so most of the busier places were in the branch offices, oh, and so okay. I didn't have that, you know, hustle bustle. Yeah. You know, like you're sitting in the executive suite. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like a little quieter and not it was really not quiet. So yeah. Like a lot of people are traveling all the time and it was just, it didn't, that didn't stand out. Yeah. But now I know that I don't have a high tolerance for noise or bright lights. Yeah. Mm. And it's again, it's just like, I know why, but I think I was managing it before, you know, cause I knew if I was around that too long, I would feel like my energy was completely drained and mm-hmm. I would get crazy headaches. And so it was just like, okay, I know I can go, you know, to Disneyland for a little bit, but we're not going to do like all day because I can't yeah. deal with the people or the lights and the noise, but I didn't know why. And now I just know why. Yeah. That's so Are you really good with numbers, Jessica? I am. And I'm also very creative. So it's a really interesting, that's something about myself that I've always found really fascinating um, I took a break professionally for a few years, and um, when I went back, I decided to start my own fashion line, um, and it was a good, so when I went to fashion school, it was a totally different experience, because it was, um, it was a polytechnic school, so it was all hands-on learning versus the memorize and regurgitate model Mm -hmm. and that worked really well for me like talked about the grades being so bad before when I was studying economics and then when I switched to that model it was just night and day difference and again I didn't know back then but I always you know just figured out that I'm always better with visual learning and hands-on where I can really see it feel it instead of have to memorize it yeah visual Mm -hmm. and so did you did you did you do uh you said you ran your own fashion line? That's cool. So I started my fashion line and I ran it for five years. And um, I think I probably should have known I was autistic before I went into that because that became 
like, I can't do this. Oh, really? Mm. It sounds like a good combo of what you said of like the creativity and being good with numbers because you're, you've got to run the business side and yeah, but you're also getting to design and yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it had its ups and downs, but I think like the creative element really came out and even, you know, like when I'm coaching people in my work now, it's, I have this ability to just hone in on what the actual problem is, but then come up with really creative solutions. So it's that analytical creative balance is, it's even there when I'm coaching. So um, uh. it's an interesting thing to have, but again, it's like, I'm, I'm really glad I wasn't diagnosed when I was younger. Cause I don't know if all these things would have developed as sharply, mm. you know, cause I think that, you know, that, I mean, I've been guilty of it as a parent, you know, when my kids have, you know, sniffles. It's like, no, you can't go out to play. You have the sniffles. You can't. I mean, I can't imagine. It's like, no, you have autism. Yeah. You can't do that. But I didn't know. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to be like everybody else. So I'm going to give up my all anyway and see where I land. Yeah. I've thought about that question a lot of like, if I had known at that age or my parents, like mm-hmm. what, what might have been different? And it's interesting for you to say that because I think a lot of a lot of what I see out there are people going, oh, I wish I had known because I would have got support and life wouldn't have been so hard. But it's interesting what you're saying is like the opposite of like, well, then maybe I would have been held back by mm-hmm. some, either my parents' beliefs or my even my own about not thinking I could do things, um, which is, yeah. Hmm. That's <laughs> a tough one to think about. I mean, <laughs> you can never really know, like, what what would have happened but but yeah uh so what like so you were banking and then you were did a fashion line and then Mm -hmm. did you do anything else until between then and now like i i don't know if you're like me like i've i feel like i've had like 10 different careers already it's pretty strange but yeah those are the big ones i mean i raised my kids i don't know if that counts but yeah i guess that counts i mean (laughs) yes so i guess that's safe for something absolutely yeah. But even having the confidence to do that by myself, I mean, I don't have family here in California, so there's not that immediate support system. Um, so I don't know. I guess thing happens for a reason. So I'm glad I learned now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And even with my daughter, I mean, she's getting ready to graduate high school. And she's wow. just like, it's kind of a similar in a way because she's just like, well, she struggled a lot academically in high school, or I didn't, but she's still just like, I love art. She wants to be an artist, but I want to go to Japan. And she's really amazing with foreign languages. So she doesn't think that she can't do it. And she's just now learning this about herself too. So yeah, um, I don't know. I guess it just kind of goes to, to sort of speak to like the, um, you know, there's like two sides to everything. And mm-hmm. I think we have a, we should be careful, cautious about um, assuming it's a negative thing. Yeah. Because then I don't know if I would have the creative spark or a yeah. super sharp attention to detail. Those are things I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same. Mm-hmm. I think there's also, yeah, there's, I mean, this is something that I, we've been getting into conversations about lately and, and I see a lot of discussion out there as the way that autism is always framed as a negative is as a, well, what's how? How does one know you're autistic? Oh, because you struggle with this, 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 and this, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how it's defined. Whereas there's a lot of, there are a lot of um, 
things like you said, like attention to detail or, or creativity or thinking, you know, people go like talk about thinking outside the box. It's like, well, thinking that there is no box, you know, just mm-hmm. like, or pattern recognition. I mean, I, I find too, like yeah. I'll, like I'll, I'll be able, I'll see patterns sometimes. And then I, it's like, you almost feel like you can predict a future because you see what's coming next and you say yeah. it and then you see it happen and you're like, I knew that was going to happen. And it's like, yeah. what, how did you know? And it's like, well, there was a pattern mm-hmm. there, but I yeah. guess it, it wasn't obvious necessarily, but mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. So how old was your daughter when you, you guys started having that, that uh, awareness of, of autism with her? 17. Oh. Okay. And then you, like you said, you started going, oh, this is me too. And actually I would be willing to bet my younger daughter has it. She's 11, but yeah. Um, I don't know. She's so, such an outside the box thinker. I don't know that I would really pursue that with her right now. I don't want to give her that. Remember when she was little, we would go to, we live right here by the ocean. So we go to beach cleanups and she would just be like, She's not really understanding like why there's so much trash and polluting the ocean. She would read National Geographic and see the problem of the whole islands forming. This was before it came out, but she says, why don't we just make a vacuum cleaner for the ocean to pick up the trash? And so I feel like that innovation could be lost. So mm. yeah. it's more like mm. we get support where she's a little bit of trouble in the reading area. We just give her support there and um, yeah. we don't really make a big deal about it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find like uh, for your old your older daughter like uh, is there much support there? Like, do you find support from the schools from from? Oh, you said you don't have really family close, but you know um, mm-hmm. the community, friends, schools, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean the school where she's at's really great, and she's had you know some other mental health struggles, so she has all support she would get anyway. Yeah. because of that so it's sort of even with her i don't know if there's so much of a need to to do the formal diagnosis but yeah um yeah. at this point so. yeah yeah i mean that's a big that's a question for people so because we we talk about that too in, in some of these conversations about you know we because we have people on the show who are uh, have a formal diagnosis who mm-hmm. don't who are self-diagnosed or who are in the process or just different stages or different places and um you know i self-diagnosed about two years ago and it's it's interesting like i chose to pursue a diagnosis just for i was curious about the process i already kind of knew and figured it out and went okay i know what this is and i'm good for me i didn't need to have someone else go yes you're right that's what you are you know but i felt like for various reasons around uh family and other things and and that i i would i would try for it Mm -hmm. and and pursue it and then i wanted to kind of document that process in Mm -hmm. this podcast and because i i also thought well there's not a lot of information out there so it'll be you know it would be good to go through the process and and kind of share the story along the way to like hopefully help others who are who are doing that down the road but yeah we've talked to other people too that are just like i don't need a diagnosis like i'm i'm good my life's good i know where i'm at so um you know that's nice to hear too that you're in that place yeah and i think too it just goes into like i mean the little nuances of you know kind of being more antisocial and not 
liking lots of people and knowing I need more time alone. I already had those boundaries built with myself before I understood why I needed them. Yeah. Mm. So it's just, you know, I think also just like really being true to yourself. It's like, I don't feel like I have to make a big deal about it to people. Just yeah. like I know I've been at a party too long. Like I'm done. I'm ready to go home. So it's yeah. just like, we're going home. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan jumps out the balcony. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did that once. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> okay, so here's the funny thing. I have, I cannot tell people are joking. Like that mm. whole thing. You could, it could be literally you jumped off or you could be joking. I have no idea. Yeah. No, I, my I, family I, was always like, why do you take everything so little? I'm like, I don't know. I just can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> now they joke about it. There you go. Like, now you're, you're autism. Noted. Noted. Now I'm going to write that down. Now you yeah. know why you would take things literally um yeah <laughs> it's so funny i find mm-hmm. that too i'll just be like what do you mean what was that real mm-hmm. but no i did actually jump i did actually climb down a balcony once to get out of a party because I really? yeah i was i went i went with this friend who i i he was we were we got along great but even he i didn't i didn't even know him very well but mm-hmm. well enough to go hang out have a beer with but he brought me to this party and I didn't know anybody. It was in this condo and he was the only person I knew. And he was a really social butterfly kind of guy. So mm-hmm. the minute we walked in the door, he was just all over the place. And I, and I just, I kept going back and forth to the balcony. Like, like I'd pretend I needed to go get fresh air and then I'd come back into the party, but I just sort of stand there and there'd be all these little groups. And there was no, I didn't know. I like, you know, when you just, I can't walk up to like three or four people standing there talking and be like, Hey, Mm -hmm. so I would just sort of wander through the party and then circle back around and go back to the balcony. (laughs) And and I did this like three, four or five times. and was just like, I need to get out of here. But then I couldn't, I got, I went outside and had a full on panic attack and I couldn't get myself the nerves to walk back through the party to get to the door to leave. So I was, I looked down the balcony. I'm like, that's not that far. And I ended up climbing down and dropping into the bushes. And, and anyway, it's, that's, <laughs> so that really <laughs> happened. <laughs> I can relate to the feeling of wanting to do that. I've never done that. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. It's good. It's good, Jessica, that you know when your time is coming like I have, I struggle a bit. I sometimes get to the point of uncomfortability and then realize, oh shit, I'm uncomfortable. Whereas you seem like you've, you have good coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, it's like professionally I had to learn to network and I hated it going to social mm. events. And um, so I started kind of like playing a game with myself, like meet three new people. After you have three new people, you can just chill for the rest of the night. If you want to sit in the corner by the bartender and drink, like, fine. Or if you want to just sleep early or go check your messages, whatever. So I took the pressure off myself to have to go, like, insert myself into somebody else's conversation to, uh. to intervene. But then I also knew there was an incentive because usually, more times than not, it worked out at some point down the line to be a, a collaborative, you know, business opportunity for both of us. So I knew there was a benefit to it. So it wasn't, you know, just for a social experiment. So I learned to force myself through it. I still don't like to do it, but I can do it if I have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like knowing like it's not going to last forever. This is only 
And I coach really helps with the mindset stuff. Like, okay, this is all my temporary. I can't even think about this a week from now. Yeah. Do you uh, do you work with a coach as well for you? I don't. No. But I've had a therapist for a lot of years, and that's yeah. been helpful for me. Yeah. Very cool. Do you do like yeah. as far as uh, techniques or anything? Do you do like any deep breathing or meditation or? visualization stuff like that before you go into these situations i do um so i also had a really big spiritual journey that started about seven eight years ago so once that happened i started getting more into yoga and meditation and breathing exercises and so just kind of being able to connect the dots and to know these things help yeah it, you know just integrating it sort of on a daily routine at least in the meditation breathing part, it really helps. Yeah. And exercise, just even if it's just to go out for a walk, it helps too, to kind of clear the head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I found I've been experimenting a lot with like dealing with all the sort of anxiety and, 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 uh, um, you know, stress and all that kind of stuff, depression and things that I've, you know, had off and on battles with forever. And, uh, really in the last year discovered so much about uh, food, how mm-hmm. food, like different foods affect that and exercise is huge. Like just even, yeah, like you said, if it's, even if it's a, you know, go for a walk or just get outside for a bit and move around, it's like, it changes the day yeah. in, in a pretty significant way I found. Um, yeah. So tell us like how, tell us about what you do and, and how you got into it with the, with the coaching side. Um, that was, so I was consulting other startups when I had my fashion business and I figured out really quickly that I liked working with people and really in the mindset space of like what's holding you back, especially since I had sort of that spirituality component and the mindfulness component that I was going through on Mm -hmm. my own. Um, and just seeing that, okay, we're working on your business plan but you know you can also see that there's sort of some imposter syndrome going on because you don't believe you can Mm -hmm. so going back tracing the route to that um you know a lot of that stuff always comes from childhood almost always some trauma you had way back when to put this subconscious Mm -hmm. belief in you and so just the more i started educating myself i decided actually last year to get certified and so i'm shifting to do less of the business consulting and more of the the um, executive coaching um it's just where my heart is yeah because i can relate to i mean you know as i had a lot of traumas in my own life and they've impacted me in big ways that i've had to work through so and it is so i think just the more you know yourself it's such an empowering life experience because then you understand why you can kind of connect the dots yeah and it becomes easier to remove those blocks so they don't hang you up in the future so being able to do that for other people is just super rewarding for me. So yeah, that's awesome. I started working with a coach uh, this past summer and it's been mm-hmm. life changing. I'm just like, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. with these exercises he's had, he had me doing in the beginning and like uncovering mm-hmm. this past childhood stuff that's mm-hmm. the, the reason for these negative self-beliefs mm-hmm. I had around myself that, and like actually like naming them yeah and and then like i talk to them as if they're like people 
Cause like mm-hmm. I'll catch my own behaviors and go, Oh, that's this thing happening. This mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. It's like, and it's named and I can s- be aware of it and see it and be conscious of it and catch it in the act and kind of laugh at it and go, ha ha, I see you. That's what you're doing. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, it's so awesome. It's like, it's yeah. Just like completely changed my whole approach to everything in like very significant ways. Um, It's really cool that you, that you do that. Like, Oh man. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And I mean, I don't know. It was like when I was getting my certification, my instructor, she, she always would say the little kid's not allowed to drive the bus today. You know, talking Mm. about how we kind of come into this space of, out of fear or whatever it's like those old patterns come up that we haven't mm. dealt with and so it's just you know i always tell my clients it's like just pause for a second whenever you feel a big emotion whatever it is about to come up just stop and like, where is that coming from mm. why and a lot of times like once you kind of get used to that routine you can almost like self-correct yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like listening to your to your uh physiology listen to your body when something happens like you know it's interesting i started like in this summer i i i I was seeing a uh a counselor like a psychological counselor Mm -hmm. and a coach who started seeing them both at the same time Mm -hmm. uh and then also got into a meditation practice at the same time so like these three things were all together happening and it was just what's that (laughs) You're a dream client. <laughs> oh, it was so, it was so, it was like the most intense, like three, four months of my life, just getting yeah. all of this happening at once. But it mm-hmm. was just like, I feel like I jumped five years ahead in my like, as far as like, okay, like I, let's go, you know, like I understand mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm still a child in understanding any of it, but, right. but uh, it's, it's just so, it's just so cool to go, oh, okay. Like, and I think, Working with my coach, it's been interesting because, you know, I th- like when you talk about these negative things, you can think about yourself or these limiting beliefs or whatever it could be, imposter syndrome or thinking you don't deserve happiness or success, all this stuff. And I think there's a lot, for me at least, that I can sort of see how uh, the struggles of being autistic can tie into a lot of that because of, because I had so much... Um, negative uh feedback from the world and Mm -hmm. and then had to like mask and hide and try to be something else and then try to be normal and then constantly you know spend years constantly trying to be normal and failing at being normal Mm -hmm. and then just kind of going oh okay uh i'm broken i i'm i'm a bad person i'm i'm terrible i suck at everything And all this stuff just gets built into, into you until you, and then, and now it's like, okay, let me just start. It's like a big, I always think, you know, like you have that drawer where all your like headphone wires and things are and you pull it out and it's all tangled. And I feel like the last six months, I'm like one at a time untangling these wires and trying to like separate it all and go, okay. And let me try to get each piece apart. So it's not just this big ball of confusion. Um, you have any RCA cables? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, Jessica. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got. I got that one. <laughs> Do you think um, 
your artistic experience or just life experience? I mean, this shows obviously the life artistics will be focused on that, but like as a coach, does, does it help you or how, and if so, how? Um, it's hard to say because like, I feel like my whole life has brought me to this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause there was a lot of other trauma in my life that kind of led to this point too. Um, so I think, think there's been a lot of lessons in all of it but I think the final piece is that autism explained a lot of things that didn't make sense and just yeah. as you were saying it's like you kind of feel like like I felt like a failure even mm-hmm. though I've done these things I feel like a failure and it's like why well it's I think you feel like okay don't compare yourself to other people yeah. you're an entrepreneur or doing whatever and that's really great advice but I think being autistic we kind of tend to do it more than maybe someone who's neurotypical because we're already trying to morph into something we're not and then when we morph we still don't meet the mark Mm. and so I Mm -hmm. think being coach really helps me overcome that last hurdle of being able to kind of as I would like talk to myself as if I was my own client to say, okay, yeah, like you actually are so empowered because of all the great things that you can do that someone who's neurotypical maybe can't do, or at least not to that diversity or to that depth. Yeah. And so it's what makes you unique. It's what gives you your superpower. So does it really matter that you can't do whatever that mark is? It doesn't because mm-hmm. you're not trying mm-hmm. to be them. You're trying to be the best you. And so it's helped me in that sense of being able to really put it in perspective and to see it as a strength instead of a weakness. That's awesome. Yeah. Focus on what you're good at, not what you're not good at. Yeah. Like become even better at what you're good at. And I don't know if this is an autism thing or if it's just a me thing, but I am a sponge for knowledge. I am always researching something because like i can't know enough about a topic once i get hooked on it yeah um, so i've been really interested you know in mental health like that's touched my life a lot because you know on the personal side i have um you know i deal with anxiety and depression too sometimes but even that felt like it lightened up a lot because Mm -hmm. i don't feel like there's something wrong with me i don't feel like I'm failing or I don't feel like I'm not good enough or I don't mm-hmm. deserve whatever yeah. the same success. Um, so that's been really helpful. Yeah. Just now. Like I say, like knowledge is power and there's a great debate, like, or is ignorance bliss? I don't know. But I think in this case for me, it's been a powerful thing. Yeah. Mm. And I think, yeah, being able to accept yourself is so huge for that for, mm-hmm. I feel the same way with, with, uh, overcoming like anxiety and things because a lot of my anxiety w- would come from that like why can't i just be like everyone else piece right and then now to just kind of be like hey i'm just gonna be me and let my freak flag fly and just who cares and then a lot of that uh anxiety at least the anxiety around um trying to like fit in or compare to others or that kind of thing. Like a lot of that kind of starts to dissolve away. 
because mm-hmm. you know it's like I don't necessarily have to put as much energy into acting, into pretending, yeah. into uh, mm-hmm. appearing as. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then and then so then where does that energy go? Well, that energy is then freed up into like um, creativity and 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 health and and you know all this other stuff. Yeah. You know, which is great. Yeah. Do you have any uh, fun special interests that you've been into that you want to talk about? <laughs> um, not at the moment, not with COVID. No. I mean, I will say that, you know, kind of along the lines of like not thinking, I think I just have this belief in my head that's probably not totally realistic, but I don't feel like things are impossible. Like things are always possible. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, like take my kids like on a vacation and just go like off the grid for a bit. I'm like, that's okay. We went down to um, Belize in Guatemala a couple of years ago and oh, cool. did some like, really amazing things in the jungle. And it was wow. just great to be free. So I think there's just a bit of maybe more willingness to explore in sort of an innocent childlike way. Like, yeah. you know, you when you're a kid. So it's nice to see the world like that. And I think another thing that I've always, and I don't know if you've talked to other people like this, I would be curious to know actually, but I feel like I see people super empathetic. It will always happen. Like people and animals is just like, I can't stand like to see people suffering or in pain. Yeah. yeah. But as I've traveled to different places in the world, I do feel more unity and I feel more openness to accepting diversity and differences of people. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like little kids do, like they don't see color. They don't see, you know, social class and economic Mm -hmm. status. They just see like, you're at the park and I want to play. So let's go play. Mm -hmm. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I kind of see it in that sort of innocent way. And that's, I feel really proud of that. Yeah. You know, that I feel like I can put things aside to just, goes back to like diving deep into things but like what is the heart of the issue or what are your struggles i remember i went to africa a few years back and a long story how that evolved but um i remember sitting with some women in the maasai community and we had a translator there and they were sharing their life stories with us and um the thing that really hit me was their lives that they described them were it's unimaginable what these women have been through and the level of poverty and um i found and then i had so much joy and such a great sense of community and being an outsider they were just you know having so much fun and they were cooking and doing all this stuff like just giving you like all they had so hospitable and i don't know i i could just really appreciate that about them and just finding that common piece of humanity, but then also wondering like why that lacks so much mm. in America or in Los Angeles, especially. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. So this comes up on the show all the time, eh, Ryan, like this concept of like how North America, sometimes in Europe as well, it's like the language and the culture, it's designed to be almost confusing. Like mm-hmm. it's, we're, we're not straightforward. We use words, words have like 10 different meetings and they just get yeah. lost 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, so we, I we've, a lot of speaking in code. Um, yeah, speaking in code. Yeah, I, I find like it's interesting what you said too. I, 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 I relate to that, and I don't know if this is a, again like a, an autism thing or just a, a, a me thing and 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 a, a you thing from what you just said too. But like I, I've always felt that too. Like I that people are just people, and I've never looked down on anybody or looked up at anybody. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've never understood getting someone's autograph. Like that just seems me weird either. to me. I've, <laughs> I've never I've never tripped so out cool. on on like like people. You know, like I've worked off and on in, in restaurants for in bars for for years and years. And you know, if somebody like famous came in, it's just to me, it's like, or someone would be like, if the owner said, "Oh, this person's VIP, you have to treat them very well." I'm like, so I'll just treat them the same way I treat everybody else because I, mm. I've yeah, had I've had homeless guys come in and empty out change onto the bar to get, uh, uh, counting out nickels to get a pint of beer, and I've yeah. had like you know super millionaire people and super famous Hollywood actors and stuff come in and it's like everybody's the same to me. Yeah. And I've never tripped out on that. And, and it's like, I don't, I I get so confused by people that make a big deal about other people. I'm like, we all get up in the morning and have to brush our teeth and take a shit and like have a shower. Like, it's like, we're all, you could be in a $30 million house or a $300 little apartment and you're just you're still drinking a cup of coffee out of a mug like it's like yeah it's it's anyway yeah i don't know i've always been so confused by that <laughs> yeah please ask that question more because i'm really curious to know if that's an autistic thing or if that's just that's a good so question right. kind of wired let's, a little bit more let's, um, we'll, 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 we're slowly <laughs> building our list of like <laughs> questions yeah. that that we we would do end up asking everybody because it's it's fun yeah. to sort of compare the answers yeah. Um, Ryan, what was that quote? I I don't I I something about autographs. I'm writing it down here. What was that? What'd you uh, say about autographs, Ryan? Oh, I just said I never understood autographs. Like I, I never, even when I was a kid. Like I was just I just like I, why do you need someone? You saw that person. Cool. Do you need them to sign yeah. a piece of paper for you? I don't get that. Yeah. Like uh, you could just you can tell your you can go. Hey, I saw Christopher Reeve on the street yesterday. Okay. Yeah. But you go, hey, but his name's on a napkin now. Like, what? I don't care. I don't care. It's funny you say that because, you know, I can really relate living in Los Angeles. Um, mm. And when I'm not in Los Angeles and people hear that I'm from Los Angeles, yeah. and especially internationally, it's really bad because they're like starstruck. And yes. they ask you like, oh, my gosh, I bet you see celebrities all the time. And. I mean, yeah, like sometimes we see them just out to brunch with their family and they look just like anybody else. They're not yeah. all glammed out like they're the movies and magazines and like whatever. They're just living their life like everybody else. So yeah. I'm just like you, like I couldn't care less that like whoever won the Oscars is sitting right next to me. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Totally. I don't even know who mm-hmm. it was. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it funny too because I was like, I, I worked, I was um, in my like teens and, 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 and twenties was in, in involved in the music industry a okay. lot. And, uh, I had a few friends, um, a couple of really close friends actually, um, went on to, uh, get really famous in their mm-hmm. bands. And it'd be so funny to me that like, uh, a month ago I could be sitting with this particular friend and having a beer and nobody cared and then they had this single video that was number one on MTV and 
next thing I know I'm with the same guy and we're at the same bar sitting at the same bar stools, having a beer and, and he's got a lineup of people wanting his autograph. And we just laughed about it. Cause I'm like, you're the same asshole that I've known for years. You're right. you're so that would just kind of reinforce that feeling that I already had of like, it just, it's not a big deal. You just, you wrote a really good song and that's awesome. Right. <laughs> and, Congratulations. And congrats. And, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of like cool, you know? And I, I even like, I've done music and like performed and toured and had a few albums out and never mm-hmm. on any scale worth noting, but even on a very small underground independent level doing like small clubs, uh, like there would be t- like a couple times people would ask me for my autograph and I would just be like, this is so weird. I'm, mm. I, I'm just, I'm not a person that <laughs> like, no one's going to care in five yeah. years. You're going to be like, I have this guy's autograph and you're not even going to remember who it is, but it, yeah. it's just a funny experience to have that happen. Yeah. I might've been, I might've been one of those people, Ryan. Yeah. Well, 10 years ago. Hang on, hang on to that. Hang on to that napkin. It'll be worth a dollar someday. <laughs> I think this well, whole conversation like also speaks to demeanor, right? Like I, yeah. if somebody asks me a question like that, that I think is bizarre, like, no, you can't have my autograph. Like, why would you have my autograph? It's in my facial expression. I don't just say anything. Yeah. And then I'm really short, like rude, but not meaning to be just really yeah. direct. Like, no, you mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my family laugh. They're like, oh, I think they're relieved too. They're like, oh, you're just autistic. You're not rude. So. <laughs> <laughs> have you found that in your, in your life sometimes where you do get people like kind of going, oh, you're like thinking you're being rude or something and you have to explain it or, or kind of. Yeah. I mean, before I was like, no, I'm just being very direct and specific with you on yeah. exactly like what I want or my expectation or where something yeah. failed and broke down. <laughs> And it's not even in a, I'm mad at you. It's just a, this happened. This is the resolution I'd like to see. Now let me know. And man, it doesn't go over so well with everybody. No, no. But then I guess it goes back to the culture. Like we're a little more vague in America and um, not so direct. Maybe I'd Mm -hmm. be better suited like in Europe or something where it's a little more Mm -hmm. direct. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. I just, I sometimes just, yeah. I just want to shake people and be like, tell me what you actually think. Cause mm. I've just wasted 10 minutes going back and forth with this vagueness. And I'm like asking you direct questions mm-hmm. and you won't give me a straight up answer. You come back with this. You ask me a vague question in return. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, just part of the culture, I guess, too. Yeah. Um, was I just Jessica, earlier you were mentioning uh, how your daughter's going to go to Japan. That's what she wants to do, yes. She wants to. I, I, yeah. I highly recommend it. Like Culturally, one of the most uh, compassionate and sympathetic people. <laughs> South Korea, too, was an yeah. amazing time. Yeah, I think she would love it. And um, so we'll see if she's where she's at when it's time to go. Cool. Cool. Where the world is at, too. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think out of all the places that you could go, you could send your kid off to college, I think I'd feel really comfortable with her going to Japan. Absolutely. Like, safety concerns. She's got a good head on her shoulders, so she's great. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, I was just, I just remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> You're talking about like being direct and stuff. Yeah. Just help you. Oh, hang on. What happened here? Sorry. I just unplugged my headphones. Um, <laughs> I would think that would like help as a coach. Cause I know with my coach, I'm just, I want him to just tell me straight up, call me on my bullshit and like not worry about my feelings. Just tell me, tell me when I'm mm. lying. Tell me when yeah. I'm lying to him and myself, which I mm. do every time I talk to him. Yeah, so that's kind of a double-edged sword because not everyone wants to hear the truth. Maybe you do because you're artistic and that's kind of the way it goes. You just want to know. I hate gray space. I want to know where you're at, where I'm at. Just very transparent. But um, in coaching, at least in the model that I went through, it's you really want to empower people to be able to solve their own problems. And so if you come at them like that, some people take it as like, you're telling them what to do or it can trigger like a childhood issue where it's like you're, you're being sort of a parent to them. Okay. So it's kind of, I got to kind of gauge that on who I'm working with and kind of yeah. how they're going to react. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And yeah, my coach is like, he's, yeah, he's very, like you said, it's not ever about him telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. It's like he, he just asks me questions. So mm-hmm. I answer them. And then in the, answering the questions, we discover like what, oh, why did I say that? Oh, but he's like really good at when I'm lying, <laughs> <laughs> which I do all the time because I lie to myself every day, constantly, yeah. like we all do, right? Like mm-hmm. he'll ask me, well, why didn't you do this thing? And I'm like, oh, well, and I've got some story and bullshit and blah, blah, blah. And he's really good at just drilling down with questions on that. Yeah. Like, like, well, what's really going on there? Like, did you really have to do that other thing? And, and, uh, and then eventually we get to like, no, okay. Yeah. Okay. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, the full, truth. I'm full of shit and here's the truth, but it's like, it's, <laughs> it's really good to get to that point. And like, yeah, it's not him going, you're lying. It's just him going, huh? What'd you say there? I heard that. you're full what, of shit. Yeah. What's that about? And then it's me eventually going, yes, mm. I'm absolutely full of crap again. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I went through a phase of that in my life. I uh, especially when I had my business, I was I could come up with any reason why something was a train wreck and yeah. it had nothing to do with me. But it had everything to do with me in hindsight, but it just yeah. took me to get to that place of a deeper level of introspection and mm-hmm. um willingness to accept <laughs> probably my <medicine>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. some people spend lifetimes doing that so yeah. you're ahead of the game yeah yeah 100 percent um i was, th- I was talking about questions that we ask everybody it's the, the magic pill question because mm-hmm. yes somebody ask brought it. this up at one shot i forget and then it would just it's become a thing Every time is the magic pill question. Mm. If you could take a magic pill and no longer be autistic, would you take that pill? No. We kind of uh, knew she was. Had <laughs> yeah, we knew. No, I would, I'm <laughs> happy with who I am. I think it's just yeah. like it really unlocked that final piece for me to really love myself and just embrace who I am. Yeah. And like, I don't know who else I would be. So I don't, I wouldn't know life not being like this. So I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Cool. And how lucky is your youngest daughter that you are taking the form of 
diagnosis that you're taking, sort of an open-minded diagnosis. It is, yes. or, or maybe it's not. Yeah, I think or it's... In, or in between. I, I hope to just empower her to be all that she can be um, and not give her a, well, you can't because yeah. just watching those things like where she needs extra support in certain subjects in school and just getting them because she's struggling in an area just as you would see with like a neurotypical needs a math tutor. It's just, mm-hmm. um, that's how I would rather approach it. And I think, I mean, I don't know how kids are now. I think my kids don't tell me that much about how they are because you ask them how the day is and they're like, it was good. But you know, I remember when we were growing up, I felt like kids were bullied a lot, and I feel like there would have been that diagnosis too. You know, how would that have been received by peers? There was already such a fight to try to fit in, knowing you were different, but not having a label for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I so if they're, I feel like they're not. At least in our school, I don't feel like they're that bad with bullying. But maybe I'm just like not seeing it because it's happening Mm -hmm. a different way. But I feel like there'll be a little bit more compassion. But at the same time, there's still bullies, I think, any age you pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who would have made it worse? Yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. I I feel like I've seen, at least from like my high school days to like seeing high school kids now, I know that, um, they're way more accepting and open with like gay kids. I see that a lot, mm-hmm. which, which yeah. is, I think it's such a wonderful thing to see that. Like, I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. there are definitely still bullies. I'm not saying that's gone away, but I, I, I just right. notice like we have some friends here that have a coffee shop and their daughter's like 16, 17 and it's all her friends that work in the coffee shop. So we'll go in and just hang out and like you hear them talking and you see them out on the street with their friends and walking by, you say, Hey, when they walk by and you can, it's just, uh, at least maybe it's just that group that I'm seeing who are just really good kids. I don't know, but I feel like there's, there's a, I see more openness in that and I'm hoping there's more openness with, you know, um, things like autism and and neurodiversity and just everything like just uh whatever it could be um at least Mm -hmm. hopefully the conversation's happening more openly with with kids than it was because when when i was when i was like in high school like there's no way this was even really talked about you know i remember the i was the guy that would at lunch go around to like every different table like i'd go talk to the jocks for a bit and go talk to the rockers and go talk to the skaters and go talk to the punks and then go talk to the nerds and like sit at the nerd table and talk to the the kids who at the time i didn't know were autistic but i can look back (laughs) on and i can definitely see like they were but i would your homies but i could go outside and like you know, smoke cigarettes with the badasses, but then I could come back in and sit down and play chess with the, the nerds and like, just kind of, I just was fascinated by everybody. And, uh, but I could see, I think some of those nerd kids um, had a rough go, you know, like had a, had a rough time getting, getting picked on. And it's, it's, yeah, it's so weird to talk about and look back on because there was a time when I was, getting picked on but then i because i was a nerd kid in the nerd class but then i was getting sick of getting beaten up so i went and started hanging out with kids who didn't get beaten up (laughs) but i'd still go and hang out with the nerd kids you know and like kind of hopefully oh 
I think, uh, are you there? You're there, Drew? Yes, sir. Yeah. She Did we lose Jessica? She, yeah, we lost her. So maybe she lost her internet. You shouldn't have said the word nerd, man. Did she freeze? <laughs> no, I'm I, just kidding. I didn't see her frozen. I think it just dropped. Hopefully she'll re-click it. Yeah. Good stuff, man. It's going great. Yeah. So I guess we'll edit this part out. This is where I'll do some singing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. My microphone. Let me get my mic. There you go. I got a mic. We got a mic. Just hang on. Your mic sounds good. Does it? Yeah. How my mic sound? How my mic sound? Yeah, you sound good. Are you are you nice. just on your uh, computer mic? Or are you on your? I'm phone? just on the on the phone on the traditional iPod headphones, non wireless. Yeah, but what what microphone are you on? Just on my my phone has a good mic. Oh, it does have a good mic. It sounds good. Yeah, my mic has it. My actually yeah. really happy with my phone. It's good. Yeah. I think I offended her. I think I offended her. She got out of here. She just left. No, I'm going to leave this. He said the nerd word. He said the nerd word three times. I did. I don't know how to edit this part out. So I'm not going to edit out because I don't know how. And I don't want to take the time to learn. Oh, we have to. We have to. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) But just in case, don't say anything terrible. Just in case I have to leave this in. Yeah. Uh, No, but we lost Jessica. I think I offended her somehow no not true i think she just i think she's really actually quite enjoying the conversation it's so cool to hear her say when she says things like i'd really be interested to hear what other people have to say yeah here we go okay here we are hang on i think she's back i think she's back two Two, one one. she's back hey i don't know what that was all about it just like was looping the last words you were saying, and then it dropped, and then oh, the computer wow. shut down. So it was crazy. Crazy. Well, yeah. thank you. You missed our singing. We were singing while we were waiting for you to come back. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Me too. I'm sorry. Um, anyone had to hear that? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna edit that part out. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything else you uh, feel like you? we're wanting to chat about that we didn't touch on yet or um not really i guess yeah i mean i guess i just feel like well i've been sort of like with coaching is my own personal development i've been really exploring this like concept that we were talking a lot about tonight of yeah like the dark and the light the shadow work and the shadows and light and sort of how that really affects us and really getting to a place where you're willing to look at those darker parts of you mm-hmm. I guess for me it was autism and not knowing I had it and how yeah. much like shining that light in that darkness has caused such a transformation so I don't know I think um uh, you know I think about like kids a lot and, like what's sort of the answer for them like with those things in mind yeah I think it's, you know to diagnose or not um yeah. And it's just like, how do you do it with the, the balance of giving them the support that's available that we didn't have, but without making them feel like it's a problem or it's yeah. something's wrong with them. Yeah. Or they're less. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like really like you think about all of the things that are known today and so much transparency of people about different things they've dealt with in life and especially for yeah. Gen Z, I feel like 
if you say that you're normal, like I feel like there was a normal for sure box yeah. that I had to fit in when I was growing up. And if you say that you fit that normal box, look, you're lying. Yeah. It's the actual truth. So I think just normalizing that everybody has their own things they have to deal with in life. Like whatever happens yeah. to you or something you were born with that you can't control, mm-hmm. but it's like you adapt through it. Like you're going to let it define you or are you going in a way that in, holds you back or are you going to find out what the flip side of that is that can really propel you forward and to, yeah. to really make you unique in a way that stands out and better instead of limiting. Mm. I think that's really powerful stuff to think about, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've, I've been thinking lately too about in 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 my journey of of discovery with autism and and, and everything else that that's gone along with it that um unfortunately i've had some people in my life say things like oh you just want to make excuses or that type of thing and my response to that is always like i'm not asking for any i'm not trying to blame anything on anybody. I don't feel that way. I don't feel any blame in my life. Mm -hmm. It's like, if anything, it's the opposite. I feel more like empowered in myself to like Mm -hmm. understand, Hey, if I have uh, strengths in certain areas and limitations in others, well, of course I want to know about that so Mm -hmm. that I can be the best, the best me I can be in my life. And if I do have limitations in certain areas, um, then I want to know, and I, uh-huh. I, I, I might need help. I do need help in certain areas, hundred percent, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not about making an excuse of like, well, I just don't want to do that thing. It's like, well, no, I really struggle with that. And I, I have to be open about it and honest about it because I, I don't want to spend any more time beating myself up about it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I want to, uh, and then that, that kind of goes to a larger conversation around like you, what, uh, accommodations the world can make for mm-hmm. autistic people and what accommodations mm-hmm. we we uh some people are demanding and i don't demand any but i also am okay enough where i can handle certain things but i do like some like grocery stores will have like for two hours on this day of the week we turn yeah. the, the lights down and the music's down and mm-hmm. we make it a little less sensory overload for people and i think mm-hmm. things like that are awesome to like mm-hmm. help help Absolutely. people who struggle in life but um we can do more uh, f- yeah and i think things like that are great the awareness the acceptance that that can come along with that is 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 wonderful and the the, the open conversation about it um i don't know it's it's I think on just a personal level in my own life, I struggle with these concepts mm-hmm. because I, I wanna I wanna understand how I function where where I struggle and what I can and can't do and what I need help with. But at the same time I don't I don't wanna just sort of like wave the white flag and be like, I'm helpless because I don't feel like that either, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been really careful about like some of the stuff that's gone on in my life because it's like I mean if I just like say all my stories, people might be like oh, you've had a really hard, horrible life. I'm like, no, I haven't. Yeah. And so it's like framing the story in the right way so that it comes off as a um, as a strength instead of a weakness. 
Yeah. Um, but I think when you're asking for support, I mean, one thing I really struggle with just on a functional level is multitasking. I cannot for the life of me. And I never knew why. And I think I lied on like every job application ever. I'm like, yes, I'm great. at (laughs) (laughs) Can you start tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, they give me the files. I'm like, and answer the phones. I'm like, oh no, I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But so you're, so you're like one thing at a time. I have to do one thing at a time, but it actually overall, even like, you know, studies have shown people in general are more productive when they don't multitask than when they are. So that was a relief to know that that's actually Mm -hmm. a better way to get things done. But then Mm -hmm. once I was on top, I just stuck on top of it. I'm like, okay, then it's just like, I can't work harder at being something that I'm just not. And so just having that transparency about like, you know, if I'm working with clients or someone in my business, you know, consulting, it's like just that awareness of like, Mm -hmm. I do not multitask or if we're having a conversation, we need to be at a place where I can write things down because I'm not going to remember half of what we said. Mm, Knowing those things about myself, it doesn't have to be about me and what I can't do, but what you need from me, I will be able to perform better if these things are in place. Yeah. Brilliant. Like I'll still muddle through trying to remember what we talked about. If I, you know, we're not in that kind of environment, but if it's important, we need to wait to have the conversation until those things can be in place. Yeah. So understanding that my, um, when I was going through my assessment diagnosis process, one of the conversation, one of the last conversations I had with the doctor, um, the final doctor I was talking to in that process. And she explained working memory to me. And she said, Mm. um, she says, so working memory is like all the stuff that you're, you know, to do with multitasking that you're kind of dealing with at once. And she said, most neurotypical people can have, you know, seven different things in their working memory at one time. She goes, you can have one or maybe two things. Mm -hmm. So when she told me that I just went, Oh, that make that explains everything. Yeah. And so knowing that I can now, a, I just know it, so I can be okay with it. B, I can then go, okay, so I really do have to write things down and 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 mm-hmm. not instead of every day trying to remember everything and forgetting and then beating myself up, I can just go, mm-hmm. okay, well, let me just stop pretending. Let me just write it down. And also, mm-hmm. like, I can I can explain that to people in my world and say, like, if you're telling me something and I have to remember it, like. I have to be writing it down. I have to put it in my calendar. I have to set an alert or it just isn't going to happen. And it's not that I'm, and, and I, and then it's like no longer, uh, you don't whole, care. My, well, my whole life it's been, you don't care. You're irresponsible. Yeah. You're, 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 you're not paying attention. This isn't flaky. important to you. You're flaky. Uh, all that stuff. And then I internalized all of that of like, I guess yep. I am a piece of shit. I guess I am irresponsible. I guess I, I do just have to get my shit together. But then 40 years of trying to get my shit together in that regard, I never can do it. And now I yep. just go, okay, cool. That's just how my brain works. It's not, <clears throat> I'm not making an excuse for forgetting something. I'm just knowing that this is how my brain works. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I can have one thing in my brain. And if another thing comes in, that other thing might disappear. And yeah. 
it's like I can't try to remember seven things at once. Um, yeah. You know, I can't go to the grocery store to get to get two things. I have to write it down because I will walk in and go, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they move things in the grocery store, I'm just like, oh, it's the worst. Mm. <laughs> I have to go back another day. Like, I can't do this today. <laughs> like, yeah. And the lights, the overhead lights, that crushes yeah. me. The overhead yeah. lights. Yeah. I got a quick question. Quick question for yeah. both of you. Yeah. Since, like, I know you've taken your own individual paths to your diagnosis. Um, but since you're, you've discovered your autism, do you find you have more quality? relationships after understanding what you require i do that's a good question yeah because well and i think it also comes back to that coaching part too because and it also ties into what we were just talking about is what can society do and i think generally whether you're autistic or not it is really like leading with your heart and instead of coming at a place of like i need this or this works for us it's really considering others and Mm -hmm. what do you need or this like why are you always late it's not like you're doing it on purpose Mm -hmm. and then i need this and so it's sort of even you know i think it starts on a one-on-one basis and it can be something in a corporate culture it could be something in a family it can be Mm -hmm. in a neighborhood or even in a country but just Mm -hmm. to really really just start to understand each other better and to I think once you know, it's like even that knowledge is power within you. Because once you know, it's like, oh, well, it's actually not a problem at all because this is totally normal for someone with autism. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm perfectly normal. So that's no longer even an issue. Mm-hmm. And I think then that translates into being able to love ourselves, which we can give that love to others in a compassionate way and say, how can I serve you? What are your needs? And mm-hmm. that way there's more balance. So I think. To answer your question, yes, it has helped me. And that's how it's helped me with my relationships because it's given me the insight to be more inquisitive as to why. Mm. Keep asking why. Thank you. Yeah. That's very cool. Ryan? Um, I would say yes. In, I mean, this is all so new to me. My, my, um, discovery and acceptance of my own autism is so new. I think, uh, I think people, I think it's empowering in my relationships as far as like, I can just be upfront and honest about things and just go, okay, well, this is just kind of, you know, I tell like, I'll like one of my, one of my um, good friends and, and uh, you know, if, if I, I'll be on the phone with him and, He'll be like, oh, I, I got, I'll be like, I got to go do this other thing. And, and can I call you back in a bit? And he'll go, yeah. And I'll go, okay. If I don't call you back, call me back. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's not that I don't want to call you back. It's just that I mm-hmm. might not. And I, I do still want to talk to you. So don't, That's it. don't think yeah. that if I don't call you back, I've decided I don't want to talk to you. It's like I've just something else. I saw a puppy. I saw a squirrel, you know, a squirrel and then it's gone. <laughs> So yeah. it's like that kind of thing. So I think it helps. I think for me, it, it uh, it's also difficult because I think it, it makes, um, it, I still worry sometimes that people in my world are uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry that, that it's still, there's a, uh, it's an unknown. 
I think it's really easy to talk about a physical thing. It's like, oh, I had knee surgery. Oh, what was that about? Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm autistic. Crickets. It's like you don't get mm-hmm. the same. There's. It's like if somebody I knew said to me, hey, I discovered I'm autistic. I'd be like, oh, really? That's fascinating. Tell me yeah. everything. I want to know everything about this. How did you yeah. begin learning this? Like, I would just go, wow, tell me it all. But I've not found that at all with people in my life. There's been uh, a mix of kind of uncomfortable and and, and, yeah. and, and a little bit of uh, denial and uh, – and just sort of a overall lack of interest, which is like, okay, cool. Uh, but you know, yeah, I that's think... how we've, that's how we reconnected though. Cause I started listening to your show and I'm like, man, I, I need to talk to this guy because this is so fascinating. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you reached out. It's neat. Um, I think also like uh, on a, on a really personal level, like my relationship with my daughter's mom, just ended six months ago uh i think when i went into that relationship i did not know i was autistic when the relationship ended i did know it was difficult to go through that process and be in a relationship that was having problems i think i can only hope that going forward in life uh if if and when assuming i'll be in another relationship at some point that i'll be going into it um, with open eyes and an open heart and an open openness around it. And like, just, Hey, like from day one, this is who I am. And mm-hmm. let's, let's be, and who are you, you know, from day one, be honest with me about who you are. And like, let's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, Jessica, like, it's not just about what my needs are and like what accommodations mm-hmm. I might need, but it's also like that understanding of my own um, needs could help me be open to somebody else's and i think that could be i would hope pretty cool um i need to learn how to make my answers shorter i just no that was great no that was great (laughs) you touched on so many things jessica do you have any questions for ryan sometimes throughout our interview we'll allow our guest a portion (laughs) of the interview to totally reverse the, the tide and ask ryan a question Oh, I've sure. talked enough. I've talked um, enough. <laughs> <laughs> Even after that last response, we're still going to give him the floor. <laughs> what do you think has been the most life-changing thing for you since your discovery? Um, I think... I think it's just put everything into... I think of it as an umbrella that all of a sudden all this other stuff is under. So mm-hmm. like I battled depression and anxiety and I, I did different periods of my life go like, am I bipolar? Do I have schizophrenia? Uh, I have just depression. I've got anxiety. Uh, I, I have migraines all the time. I get these overloads. Uh, am I, do I have anger? Like, am I angry? Like it would just be like, why do I, uh, can't relate to people like i'd have all these different things and i had maybe like six or ten different things that were separate and i just mm-hmm. i really at a certain point just went am i just a crazy person like I that. Yes. am i just am i just fucked up and crazy and like that sucks because if that's the case then 
there's nothing I can do about it, you know? Um, and then when I, I read this book and I talk about this on every episode, cause it's the book, it's the book that changed things for me. It's by Philip Wiley and it's called, uh, an Asperger's diagnosis late in life. Mm. And this guy was diagnosed in his fifties okay. and I read this book and anyone who's listened to every show has heard me say this every show, but I'll say it again mm-hmm. because I'm going to just say it every show, every single page. <laughs> I was like, Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> this is me. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was like, everything just went under this umbrella autism. And I just went, Oh, so that's been the biggest life changing thing for me is just that understanding which then mm-hmm. leads to acceptance, which then leads to like um, the process of undoing all the self-loathing and self-criticism mm-hmm. and self-hate and self-flagellation and like all this crap that yeah. I just mm-hmm. go, I can, I can, the whip in my hand that I'm hitting myself on the back with my entire mm-hmm. life, I can mm-hmm. drop that on the ground and just go, yes, sir. Accept it. This is me. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And then now I can then actually start to like figure out um systems and things that'll help me but yeah that's been the biggest thing so acceptance and and also it's like it's sort of shown me who my friends are because uh there's been some people who have um made it clear that this this discovery of mine is not welcome in their minds Mm-hmm. and which mm-hmm. has made them not as welcome in my life because I'm just like, I don't, I'm not going to um, be keep adapting. <laughs> What's that? You don't have to keep adapting anymore. No. And I'm not going to mask. And I think there's also that, like I'm, I'm kind of allowing myself also to be open as far as, um, stimming and things like that where i just am like oh i've been doing this my whole life but i've been hiding it okay i'm gonna stop hiding it because it feels better so you know that's been the biggest thing is i think yeah stop beating myself up is the short answer that it took me 20 minutes to get to but yeah yeah how about you um i think a lot along those same lines because i could relate to all of everything you were saying um, I haven't really told a lot of friends and family at this point because yeah. it came up in conversation with one of them over a conversation on Facebook. And she was like, well, you don't seem autistic. And I'm like, you uh, know what? I'm not even ready to like deal with this kind of question in my life right now. Yeah, I'm like, I yeah. don't. Because I, I mean, there's no reason for me to, like, to really bring it up. But to your point, I also feel like I've had times in my life when it's like people have left and it's kind of sucks because it's like you've gone through whatever you've gone through and like they're just like yeah. nothing out. But you, you do see who your true friends are, but it's nice because it opens up space that are mm-hmm. space for people who are ready to support you on that next leg of your life journey. Yeah. And um, yeah. I don't know, it's always been a better experience for me anyway when new people come in because it's the right people that I need yeah. time. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, it's just given me this opportunity to live a more authentic life. Um, mm-hmm. where I don't feel like, um, and I'm not questioning, like, why are you doing that? Or what's wrong with you? Or if anybody else asks, like, there's an answer for it. Yeah. But, um, so I just feel like I can really like be more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's about it. That's really cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. A lot of self love going on here. Yeah. Well, that like leads me to, um, 
I think a, 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 a part two of my answer to that question also would be like um, discovering this community has been <laughs> so cool. And like, I remember in the early days I'd be on Facebook and these different like um, groups, like there's one on there. It's like a late diagnosed adult support group or something on Facebook mm-hmm. and going in there and you just see random posts from people going, Hey, I do this thing. Is that autistic or is that, and uh, I think there's 200 people going, Oh my God, me too. Like, Oh, uh, uh. and it's like, you just kind of these little things where it's like, Oh, I've been doing that my whole life. Like I always thought that was weird. And then you go, okay, it's fine. And, yeah. and it's like, and then in doing this show too, I think, um, I was like a big podcast fan. Uh, I drive a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I'm in the car a lot. So I listen to podcasts and I've always been a fan of these like um, long form conversations. And then when I started going through this proce- process, I was like, oh, I'm just like, I started reading and and, and a, a lot of the conversation was how there wasn't a lot of resources out there for people. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, let me just do this podcast to like talk to other people humans who are going through this stuff and like have these conversations and then share it. And then I've been getting um, messages on social media and emails and stuff from people from all around the world. Like it's blown my mind away. Cause I just started doing this podcast. I didn't think anyone would listen to it other than like uh-huh. a dozen, a dozen people. And I'm getting messages from like Australia and like Africa and Europe and across the States and Canada and UK and Australia. I already said that, I think. Uh, But, and that's been so cool and getting these messages from people just saying, Hey, I'm listening. I I, I found your show. I've been listening to it. Uh, It's like blowing my mind listening to you talk about this stuff because I can relate to it. And, And then some people saying like, thank you for doing this because I, I f- hear you talk and I hear your guests on and I hear the conversations and it's like everything I experience, everything I think, everything I go through, but some people have written and said, but I could never be comfortable doing that. And uh, so I'm really like, they're happy and thankful to like that, like people like you are coming on here and having these conversations and sharing our experiences with people yeah. in the world and they're like, hey, you're sharing my experience without me being on the show. Because, and, and that's been a really yeah. amazing part of it. Like it's, I've, I've had written, read messages from people where I've like literally been crying and like this is like, blows my mind. So that's been super cool. That's a really great, I don't know, it's always like beautiful in life whenever it almost feels disruptive. I felt disrupted when I found this out initially mm-hmm. just because I was like, wait. Well, it's I didn't know anything about autism anyway, but then it's like when you have that silver lining, it's like yeah. what an impact you have now on other people. Such a beautiful outcome. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. And and uh, um, you said that not everybody in your life knows about it, but they're all going to know soon because yeah. this podcast is yeah, I guess they one. will know really soon. Maybe <laughs> they'll hear it from you first, and then I'll just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the podcast. Oh, yeah. I don't need to like. Do we have, talk about do we have permission? Do we have permission to use your voice and face? Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll ask that because we're gonna. This is gonna be number one. This podcast. We're going after Joe Rogan and Dax Shepard and everybody. Oh, nice. This is gonna be the number one show on the internet. So. Oh. Okay. Nice to you. What's that? Okay, that a joke. Are you serious? (laughs) That was definitely. 
That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Um, but a wish. It's on the wish list. It's on the wish list. You never know. You never know. I think the more awareness, you guys are going to grow. We're certainly going to grow if we have guests like yeah. you, Jessica. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's going to grow. And I think there's uh, the, um, the numbers of adults who are discovering they're autistic is growing. The, the, the people that uh, just, you know, got through life mm-hmm. up to a certain point without, without discovering in themselves. I mean, that number apparently is growing and people are, you know, hearing more and more. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think we'll ever run out of get like potential guests for the show. I think this could just go on for years because there's just so many more people there are going yeah. through that discovery process and going, Oh my God, this is me. Whoa. Sure. So. And even, you know, the sense of community, I do think like when I was in Africa, I mentioned that earlier, it's like the thing mm-hmm. I did sense is such a strong sense of community that these women had with each other. It was yeah. like nothing I've ever seen, but I think that's something that I felt in the autism community for adults with late diagnosis, because Absolutely. it is all the time. Just like you mentioned, it's like, people posted like this random thing that I never yeah. even thought was abnormal in any way in my life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's like 200 people going me too. And it's just like, it's almost like a laugh sometimes. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm not the only one. And it's just, it's like a sigh of relief. I'm not as abnormal as I thought I was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Not to feel. Yeah. That community is, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's uh, I think at least, yeah, at least a few times a week I, I, check on that Facebook group and just kind mm-hmm. of scroll through a bit and just go, Oh, Hey, yeah, this is, um, and it's awesome too. When you see the newer people coming into the group and having these questions that they're yeah. like, some of them are kind of freaking out or they don't really know. And you get, there's a, you see the comments, there's a lot of support. And yeah. It's, it's, a nice like, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, this is, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? This has been so cool. Not tonight. No, no. But- okay. Yeah. We'd love to have you back if, if you could in the future. Sure. I'd be happy okay. to do a part okay. two one day. So uh, if you, if anyone out there is looking for an executive coach, then uh, where would they be able to find you on the internet? Do you have a, uh, what's your website and whatnot? Let me give that to you later. Cause I'm actually rebuilding it. So later this okay. week should be up and running. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Cool, we'll cool, post, cool. we'll post it up in the show notes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. It's, it's, uh, yeah, been a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate it. All right. I enjoyed it. It was cool. Right on. Thank you, Jessica. Stay safe and all the best to you and your daughters. Thank you. You too. Yeah. All the best. We'll talk soon. All right. right, Take care. See you. All right. Bye. Yo, homie. Hey man. Want me to call you in a second? Yeah. Just call me. I'll squeeze the washroom quick. Yeah. yeah. Me too. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.